Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. So the, one of the questions is, that's being asked over and over again, being debated over and over again, is um, the question about a no-fly zone, NATO-established no-fly zone, over Ukraine, which President Zelensky has been pleading for. Now a former NATO Supreme Allied Commander, General Philip Breedlove, is proposing a humanitarian no-fly zone over Ukraine. Let's ask our guest what he thinks, Vice Admiral Mark Normer, former commander of the Royal Canadian Navy and Vice Chief of the Defence Staff. Admiral Norman, thank you very much for coming on the program. What's your sense of a NATO-established no-fly zone over Ukraine? Well, uh, good afternoon, Roy, to you and your listeners. Um, I think we'll start with why the no-fly zone. Um, Clearly, um, we've got a request by the Ukrainians to have NATO more actively engaged. I think part of the problem we're observing right now is a sense that NATO is stuck. Um, Other than the provision of material support, uh, weapons and the like, and the uh, reinforcement of their own eastern boundaries inside NATO countries, um, there is a perception that there is no real action. And this is obviously of great concern to the Ukrainian people and to uh, President Zelensky. And this is why we're getting these pleas. Um, there are differing views and uh, on the utility of this. So what I'd like to do, just for your listeners, is I'd just like to take a second here and quickly run through um, NATO, its rules, and then I'm going to talk about what the no-fly zone means militarily, and then we'll talk about the implications of imposing a no-fly zone, if you're comfortable with that. Yes, sir. Yeah. So let's quickly, you know, NATO is there for the sole purpose of defending itself and defending its member nations. Certainly, it has a history, um, recent history, of engaging in and supporting what would be described as either humanitarian activities under UN Um, support or other military operations, as we've observed over the last couple of decades. So it is not unprecedented that NATO goes outside of its own borders to engage in international security activities, but its primary purpose is to defend the member nations. Um, and, And that's part of the issue that we're watching play out in front of us, is that people are making the point well, you've done things like this before. Why are you not prepared to do them now? Um, so let, let's talk about the no-fly zone concept from a strictly military perspective and why, in my opinion, in the circumstances, it, it makes sense and I understand the need for it and I more importantly understand why uh, the Ukrainians would be calling for it. I mean, really what we're talking about is uh, from a naval officer, of course, would be the equivalent of a blockade. Um, And it's an air blockade. Um, So we're not talking about policing activity. We're not talking about surveillance activity. We're talking about actually denying access to airspace. And, um, you know, it could be at the invitation of Ukraine. It could be imposed externally. Um, The mechanism by how you do it is is not really that important. 
for this discussion, it's the fact that you're saying, okay, we're declaring this airspace um, basically uh, under our control, and this would be NATO, and nobody's going to fly in it. Um, well, that th- that that has a couple of implications tactically. I mean, first of all, obviously, you're denying now access, um, which is the whole purpose of it, to the Russians. Um, but you're also now you've got to go beyond just the extent of the airspace, because with modern air defense systems, missile systems, and the like, you can't be flying around um, and having a, a, an artificial line in the airspace um, and assume that. On the other side of that line, everything's going to be fine. This means that the Russians could just as easily take out uh, any aircraft that are flying around imposing um, or, or uh, imposing this embargo or this, this no-fly zone. So that gets us in a situation where we're into direct conflict with Russian forces. This could be aircraft, you know, fighter-to-fighter scenarios that people can imagine. It can be missile uh ground-based missile scenarios. There are lots of scenarios that people can imagine, um, which now are extremely escalatory, and which is why we have um, this, this overwhelming sense of caution that's, uh, that's coming out. And this takes us to the third point, which is why this is so concerning um, at the geostrategic and political level, because it is seen as a potential escalatory measure, notwithstanding how well it would help Ukrainians on the ground. So there's my long response to your question, Roy. Well, I appreciate it, uh, Admiral Norman. And it's interesting uh, what General Breedlove says. If you declare a military fly zone, you have to be ready to defend it. So my question is, if we, if that were there, and I don't know what the magic is of the Polish border, other than Poland is a member of the EU and NATO, but if you have a no-fly zone, would that not cause, and I should never ask about what-ifs, but wouldn't that cause Putin to pause, or has he factored in what he will do? Is he prepared for this, and uh, would China provide him some sort of cover, if not militarily, then politically? Or are we drifting too far afield here? <laughs> well, there's lots of layers to your question. I, I don't. It's it's not unreasonable, and and let me try and unpack it in in some bits here. So, if we were to look at an example whereby um, we, we, there's there's ongoing discussions about the establishment of a humanitarian corridor um, in the western part of Ukraine, um, in and out of the Polish border, um, obviously for the provision of humanitarian uh, support. Now, at the moment that area is being used extensively for the movement of military materials to resupply Ukrainian forces. My sense is that at some point, Russia will lose its patience with that corridor being used. If they were to agree to a corridor, they would not want any military supplies going across that border. But if we were to create a no-fly zone in support of that corridor, um, you've still got the same problems that I was describing earlier, where it, 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 people would imagine this as being some sort of uh, definitive line um, in airspace. But you have to recognize that that all of these air defense capability I was describing earlier can reach into that airspace well beyond um, the lines that are drawn on the map. And as it relates to other players, well, you know, it's 
we're, we're, we're not quite sure where China is on this issue. Um, and I'm not going to speculate. Um, I have made a statement um, on another news network earlier this week that I think the, uh, the unwillingness of India and China as specific examples to weigh into this is extremely disappointing. And I think that they could play a role potentially. If we were to take this whole humanitarian thing seriously, I think there's a role for countries beyond NATO, which could be helpful because part of Putin's um, paranoia it comes from uh, the threat that he perceives coming directly from NATO. All right. Uh, I, can't, I just get a 10-second answer from you and a question that probably requires a 10-minute answer. Do you expect, does your instinct tell you that it's quite possible that Mr. Putin will push things so far that confrontation with him will happen anyway? I'm not good at short answers. You know that, Roy. Um, I, I got this wrong initially. I think Putin has now crossed into um, an area of irrationality. I was giving him credit for being rational. Um, but even in, a, even in a space of irrational behavior, if I can characterize it that way, I do not believe he is prepared, nor is he capable, given the limits that he has, um, in terms of conventional forces to uh, directly engage with NATO. Um, and I, I think that that, that is um, a line in the sand, perhaps, that NATO is reinforcing and that I don't think uh, Putin is, is prepared to cross, given the challenges he's having on the ground right now in Ukraine, for sure. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.